Crossfade. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 208. We've got friend of the show back, Craig Harper. Hi, boys. Just really terrific to see your handsome little faces. Thanks, mate. Well, we're back in your your house or in your studio. Mm. It's nice. I, uh, I've seen since last time there's some books have started piling up. Uh, I take it you've read them. I've read all of them. I, I bring more and more books in just so that people will think I'm um, learned. <laughs> and uh, you've fallen for it, Tom. The Elon Musk book. What do you think of Elon Musk? Uh, Elon Musk is... Uh, he's an alien, so <laughs> he's not. He's more humanoid than human. Yeah. Um, I like. I I'm interested in interesting people. Mm. So do I like him? Yeah, I like him. I think he's cool. I think he's interesting. I think he's, you know, he's like everyone. He's got issues, and sometimes he says things. I'm like, fuck, really? He really? <laughs> that's that's what you're going with. But what I do love about him, um, when I watched three hours of him uh, with Joe Rogan, or two or two and a half hours or whatever it was, was he doesn't say things flippantly. Mm. He's very thoughtful. Like Joe would ask him a question and he would um, he would literally take 20 seconds before the first word of the answer came out. I'm like, God, come on. Yeah, um, yeah I reckon he's – I think some people who are like that who are intellectually and creatively uh, amazing are sometimes – perceived to be a little bit socially awkward, clunky and inept mm. and he is all of that. But if you can, you know, get your way around that, I think he's fascinating. You know, mm. I don't think everything he does is necessarily terrific but I like him. I'm, I'm interested yeah. in people like that. Do you mm. think people put too much emphasis on, they say the Elon Musks or the Steve Jobs and they try and deconstruct, well, you know, Steve Jobs was an asshole so maybe this is a management style? Yeah, maybe. I think also, you know, especially everyone says this, it sounds a little cliche, but, but you know, sometimes, not all, but some Aussies are pretty good at just trying to find what's wrong with someone who's doing great. <laughs> um, you know, I, I personally, you know, even if somebody is a bit of a dickhead on one hand but a high achiever on the other, well, you know, I'm, I'm not that I condone the, the anything, you know, any bad behaviour or whatever, but at the same time I, I'm very much, and I know this sounds – a bit philosophical, but I'm like, well, what can I learn from this dude? Mm. So even, even you know, you guys, you've met some amazing people over the journey with your podcast, even sitting talking to people, stuff rubs off, you know. Mm. And because in the era of the podcast where so many of all of us have access to, you know, conversations like this um, with – people much more interesting than me, thank God. You know, you can, you're can you literally uh, sitting at a cyber table with a bunch of people just having a fucking great conversation. And for me, that, that I reckon the podcast is, for me personally, it's the best invention of the last two decades. Well, internet slash podcast, all of it goes yeah. together. But uh, because it's revolutionised my life, because I am innately curious and I spend a lot of my life not being able to access interesting, fascinating, clever people because you'd have to go and read a book, which is okay, but it's mm. not really the same as listening to Elon Musk have a conversation, mm. you know, or Russell Brand or whoever it is, people that I just find, you know, all ends of the spectrum really fascinating. But uh, like I listened to the podcast that you guys did with um, Seth 
Um, it's rubbed off on Josh. He now uh, has gone bald like Seth Godin. <laughs> Get, and getting there. Yeah. I'm transitioning, <laughs> transitioning naturally. See, I don't, and I don't reckon people, this, this sounds judgy, I don't mean it to, but I don't think a lot of people understand. Like you guys, when you said, oh, we've got Seth, I was so fucking proud and jealous. <laughs> yeah, probably about 70% yeah. jealous, 30% <laughs> proud. Yeah. Um, that you're talking to, in my opinion, one of the greatest minds in the world. Like I just love the way that Seth Godin thinks. Mm. I'm fascinated with I don't really give a fuck about bodies, which is ironic because I'm an exercise scientist and I come from that background. Back bodies are okay. We yeah. all have one. We need one to get around. But I'm far more fucking fascinated in people and human behaviour and the way that we think and the way that we create you know, reality and the way that we process the world around us and the way that we, you know, what does Seth do? Break it down. Oh, he has ideas. He shares ideas. Mm. He writes books. He does a few keynotes. Uh, he has some courses. Um, uh, and I love the way it's, what's his MBA in? What's it called? Old, the MB, old, the M- old MBA. Yeah. And he's like, it's uh, proudly unaccredited. I'm like, so fucking <laughs> clever. So f- Because, you know, it's like you're selling the thing that people might want to try to criticise you on. No, there's no fucking um, accreditation. Yeah. It's not recognised anywhere. But by the way, it's brilliant. It's mm-hmm. so clever. It's yeah. so clever, you know. And um, so the, the podcasting versus – because you're in the unique position where you've done the radio thing and we've had people who have had you – know, TJ's had his own journey with radio. I've had mine, but – You've got a bit of a. I feel like you've got a different perspective in radio, where it's like you're not pl- trying to play the FM, you know, shock jockey or mm. you know or anything like that. Mm. What's been the learning in doing a podcast versus that whole radio thing? Yeah, so I did um, a lot of uh, a lot of talk radio. So I did twelve years on SEN and um, you know uh, other stuff on FM. But even the stuff that I did on FM was. Oh, apart from Light FM, um, but all the stuff I did on like Gold, which I was on Gold for maybe five or six years, it's it was me sharing thoughts and ideas, so it's still talk-based. But um, I guess the difference between podcasting and radio is uh, the freedom, mm. you know, and there are no rules, mm. you know. I mean, you've got to be there, – there's a point, I guess, but you create your own rules. What do we want to talk about? Where are we going? What's our theme? What are our ideas? How long does it go for? Even before the start, I went, so how long are we chatting for? You're like, you guys go, I don't know, 40. I'm like, 40, cool. Then let's go and fucking eat stuff. Perfect. What a plan. Like you can't do that with radio. As you know, we're coming out of the news at six minutes past nine and then we've got this bloke, then we've got that bloke. You've got four and a half minutes with him. Then we're going and there'll be a sting to that. Then we come back and don't forget to back announce that when we come out of the, you know. Did you like the mechanics of that? I like that, but I like to freestyle in the middle of it. You know, it's like even when I worked on Channel 10, um, I did – I remember one day uh, I was at the showgrounds or somewhere. I was doing a – Not at the show. You just were at the Melbourne show. I I was doing an OB. Oh, yeah. I was doing an OB. We do a few of those. We're going to cross to Harps out at – you know, and he's chatting with – and they wanted it scripted. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. They're like, they want it all auto cue. And oh, now we're chatting with Brian from bloody g'day, Brian. So, question one. So tell me how. To, I'm like, I can't. Just let me fucking talk to Brian, yeah. and it'll be all right. You know. And uh, so that for me, um, that the organic nature of podcasts is just a beautiful fit for my personality and my skills and the stuff that I enjoy. 
the long form stuff. I I think I love, and I think you, Josh. Yeah. You know, I think you've tried the talking to camera, but I think what resonates mostly with you is a long form conversation where you can get really layered. Yeah. Um, Craig's the old OG blogger. How many subscribers to your blog? Because that's how I well, first I had, came um, into your world. Uh, at its zenith, Tom, yeah. uh, a legit 75,000. Yeah, it's crazy. And how often were you doing it? Every day. So you'd, you'd – and it would go to 75,000 inboxes. You're Seth all Godin subs- with biceps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a fucking half his IQ <laughs> and, and a millionth of his money. <laughs> were you, was Seth Godin on your radar then when you yeah, were yeah, blogging? Yeah, I, I used to um, – I used to read his blog uh, all the time. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean that the introduction of the blog was amazing uh, too. Um, sorry, I'm off mic. No, that's I fine. should know better. Um, yeah. I mean, and there are like I used to read a guy for years called Steve Pavlina who was this dude who was this weird kind of motivation mindset guy who went off the rails and almost started a cult, I think. But um, <laughs> no, interesting. We've all done it. <laughs> Uh, we're trying. <laughs> well, I have a cult, so I don't <laughs> exactly. we're actually a part of it. I, I want to exactly. plug that at the end if we can. Um, that's what I, I've always thought. You know, if I was going to have, a, I'm not going to have a cult. But if yeah. I was going to have a cult, I'd call it a fucking cult. Yeah. And people can't go. Oh, that's a. Cult. I go. Of course it is. Yeah. It's in the name, you it's, dickhead. Yeah, it's an it's called un- Craig's cult for a reason. <laughs> it's the uncertified cult. Yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's the Seth yeah. Godin strategy. The unapologetically, yeah. you know, cultish, cultish <laughs> group. So relax. Well, do, but do you think that podcasting, like this long form thing, are we in a bubble? Do we think it's like fucking bees knees? Or do you think the world cares about this shit or are we just have we created our own? Well, bubble? the people who don't care about it, they're dying soon um, <laughs> because they're old as fuck and all the all the uh, Well it's I'm, talk radio in some regards. Well this talk radio this is similar this, to talk radio. Exactly. Yeah. This is this is you know, I mean when T V came in Everybody had their, you know, like a lot of people didn't want to do TV because they somehow thought it was evil and corrupt, you know, um, just like people didn't want to even uh, uh, appreciate rock and roll or whatever. And I think people tell themselves, people don't understand, but I reckon I've personally turned a thousand people onto podcasts because I often in front of an audience, like one of my, you know, top 10 messages is hang out with people who drag you up and people go, often go to me, Oh, yeah, but, you know, my brother's a fuckwit and I've got three friends and two of them are, you know, bloody dirt bags and yeah. whatever. I go, I get it. So you don't need to be in the same room. Mm. I hang out with um, Joe Rogan or I hang out with Seth Godin or I hang out with Russell Brand or I hang out with... Um, Sorry to the people who are just hanging out with the Daily Talk show. <laughs> no, but, but what it is, it's you, you are, you know, you're not in the conversation, but yeah. you're in the conversation mm. because, like, the best part about... What I love about this is there is no – oh, hang on, let's uh, – can we just – can we do that bit again? Yeah, yeah, hang on. And let's – from the top, Tom, Yeah, there's none of that. Yeah. It's just a conversation with, you know, peaks and troughs and ebbs and flows. And um, I, I think I think what's going to happen with podcasts is, which is like any business or product or service, uh, the good ones will thrive and the shit mm. ones won't. You know, I rem- remember Seth saying to you guys, the average audience is 100 people. Yeah. Um, and of, of the average podcast, right? So then you factor in all the ones that have got tens of millions of, you know, like Joe who's yeah. got I think four-plus million subscribers mm. um, and, and then there's the people at the other end who have three listeners yeah. um, 
you know, and and I think those – and also people don't appreciate the work that goes into doing this, like what you guys do, which is five days a week a podcast. People don't understand how hard that is. And and it's it's even though in the moment when you're here, when we're having the conversation, it's nice, it's enjoyable, especially hopefully if you're doing it with somebody that's not a bad person that there's a connection with. But there's the organisation, the logistics, the money that you don't make – yeah. You know, the time that you invest, the resources that you need, the equipment, the time that you're away from your kid and your missus mm. and your, all of that stuff, right, to hopefully three years down the track have 100,000 listeners per episode and be earning X, Y, Z per year, which is not your total yeah. goal but part of it. Yeah, like, Seth said he wrote a blog just after we had saw, seen him mm. and my friend sent it to me, he goes, coincidence maybe that you guys are on and it was uh podcasting is the new blogging mm. and he was insisting you know and he talks about the, you're not going to make money from podcasting very mm. unlikely mm. and that was the same for blogging and it's more about the principle and you know showing up and putting it out there what what can you take like if you hit it with the blogging stuff yeah what was the thought then like because if the comparison now is podcasting yeah and it's like yeah, what, what's the th- what was the thought then? Because there is similarities in yeah. the two. So I don't this, <clears throat> I don't think about making money, um, not not the way that people might think a business owner would. Um, of course, I think about making money in the sense that we need to pay the bills and tick boxes. But my priority, like I know, if my focus is on creating connection, doing good stuff, writing good stuff. Uh, sharing good ideas, um, and I even wrote on my um, I even wrote on my social media the other day. I put up a little whiteboard post that says basically, uh, "Thanks for letting me help you because it makes me a better version of me," or something fluffy like that. And and one dude sends me up, "Yep, yeah, sure, whatever." And I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." And so then I wrote, um, "I get it, I get it." But believe it or not, the more that I invest into people. So I have, you know, on my my main Facebook thing, I have 5,000 friends and 25,000 followers, so that's 30. Then I have nearly 20 on the other one, that's 50. Then I have 11 and a half or something on Insta, that's 60 plus. And then I have a few on Twitter and a few on, you know, so maybe heading towards 70,000 people. The vast majority of those people will never buy a book, never spend a, a cent, which is cool, never come to a program, never come to a workshop. Um and in a nice way, I don't care. I don't care. Like I get as much joy out of doing a podcast with you guys sitting here just talking to two good guys and maybe – Can you say good looking? Uh, good guys. Oh, guys. Don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> as, as I do about going and doing a gig for thousands of yeah. dollars for NAB or yeah. whatever it is. And, and or, you know, I still need to pay the bills and, and I still need to tick the boxes and, and have a business that works and – you know, look after Melissa, pay Melissa, who's my PA slash business partner. And, but at the same time, I just do things that I like doing and I like talking and I like learning and I like, I like hanging out with interesting people. And so I've basically just, you know, created a situation where that's now my job, Mm. you know, where I get paid to talk to people about shit I love. Mm. Like if I was a plumber, I would be talking about this stuff. Yeah, the plumber podcast. I've seen a few plumber podcasts out there. Uh, Has has that at all, like upon reflection of your life, different stages? Yeah. Has it changed? Yeah, sure. 
So I mean, were you I, the opposite? Yeah, I, no, not really. I've always been a bit deep and philosophical, but at the same time, you know, somewhat ambitious and excited about you know, building stuff and creating stuff. Mm. Like I'm pretty good at going, mm, I've got an idea and now I'm doing it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people are very good at theory <laughs> and they live there for fucking ever. Whereas I have, you know, like I thought, oh, I might write a book. I wrote a book. Now I've done nine. I thought, mm, I wouldn't mind getting into <laughs> media. I got, and it's not like someone rang me up and said, do you want a gig? Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm not special and I'm not super gifted and I'm not super talented. So I, there's no ego in this. I'm just saying, you know, if you go, all right, there's a thing that I want to do. I want to I want to do a podcast, right? Or I want to write a book or I want to do a PhD or I want to earn 200 grand a year or I want to overcome that addiction. So you go, cool, that's the goal. Right now, what are the things that I need to do? Not want to do, not what's comfortable, not what's quick, easy or familiar, but what are the things that I need to do now to make that happen or to make that more likely to happen? And then they become your non-negotiable. So for me, and you know this story, you know, for a long time I worked in the fitness space and I fucking loved it and I spent my day in gyms and, you know, coaching coaching people and training people and educating and doing fitness tests and health evaluations and talking to people about all the practical, the micros and macros and fucking sets and reps and volume and intensity. And then, you know, over time you go, well, probably 27,000 conversations about fat asses and legs is enough, <laughs> you know, and you go, I'm actually now more interested in the human who lives in the body. I'm more interested in the psychology and the emotion and the fear and the anxiety and the decision-making and the resilience and the creativity and the attitude and the personality than I am the biceps and triceps. And so because all of that internal stuff drives the external mm. stuff anyway. Nobody accidentally eats cake. Nobody mm. accidentally avoids the gym. Josh told a story a couple of days ago mm. about eating a whole cheesecake. Yeah, it wasn't an accident though. It definitely, <laughs> I had to go to the cheesecake shop and order it mm. and decide to get half-half because you can do that like pizzas. You can get you half cheesecake. You do realise cheesecake. cheesecake is Craig's vice that he hasn't can't go yeah, near. That's my of crack cocaine, dude. Oh, really? So it's like you're talking to an addict about, you know, just some trip you had recently yeah. and you expect me to be fucking happy for you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck what? you and your cheesecake story. It was People che have made cheesecakes for Craig because they hear him talking about it. No, no, I, this is no delivery. I did a gig in Adelaide once and uh, I'd, I'd written not long before about my addiction to cheesecake and I'm kidding by the way, but about getting, no, get fucked. Um, and, and I, so I did a, an open to the public workshop and there was, it was, I don't know, 300, it was quite a few people there. I got 14 cheesecakes. <laughs> 14 like, people turned up with a cheesecake for me. I'm like, come on. It's like when we went to Jeff Jowett's hotel room and he had heaps of Vegemite and a, just a horse statue that he'd been oh, yeah. given because he really? fucking loves horses. He was doing and, a workshop in Melbourne and the people that came, a part of it, right. had gifted, him, had some gifted stuff. him some stuff. And they obviously knew what he liked. So he's into the horses. But no, you, you, you're not a, a full, full Shetland pony was in his room. <laughs> it had that vibe. You're not a full uh, cheesecake addict until you shit your pants from doing it. Really? Which, which I haven't done yet, so I'm, I'm all clear. <laughs> but the the podcast... I'll the, in mind. Yeah, no, so glad we're going to lunch after yeah. this. <laughs> the That idea that people... Like I've had people come to us and say... I know I I need to do a pod a podcast is something that I need to do. Yeah. Versus where TJ and I have come from is we just fucking love doing this thing. And by the sounds of it, you just love having a conversation. Mm. But then 
there's a lot of coaches who might be really good at coaching mm. and they see what you do or they see other people mm. and it's like, I, I need to tick this box. Should they bother attempting at all or is that a, is that a red flag? Um, I think as long as they understand what it involves, um, you're talking about a podcast. Yeah. 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 What understand what it involves on a practical level in terms of people are, uh, not, not, not all people, but some people have a very unrealistic expectation of what it's going to be. Yeah. You know, and they see the shiny results. and, And also it's like, I say to people, I get approached a lot by people who, uh, either one, want to be a speaker, two, want to be a, uh, an author, or three, uh, not so much, but periodically be a podcaster. Yeah. I'm like, cool. So you want to be a, a speaker. You want to, cool. Who do you want to talk to? Ah, uh, well, you know, I mean, you know, anyone. I'm like, mm, okay, you maybe want to think a bit deeper on that, right? Um, okay, so what are your messages? well, you want to be a speaker, so what are your key messages to the people in the room on the chairs looking at you? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, um, I, well, I just want to, you know, I just want to motivate people. All right. Well, no one else has thought of that. <laughs> Fabulous. Should be a cakewalk. <laughs> like, you, it, it, which is not to say you can't do it. What's the cart before the horse? You need to fucking figure out, <laughs> yeah. okay, you want it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what's your timeline? What are you going to talk about? What are your messages? What are your stories around those messages? What's the impact for the audience? What's the potential value? Um, why would someone pick you? Because there's already 10 million people doing that. Who are right? ticking all those other boxes. Who are ticking all those boxes. But now, that's not to say you can't do it. That's need to. That's to say you need to go into this if you – like, do you really want to do it? Because yeah. if you do, that's cool. Yeah. Go in with your eyes wide open and realise that you might have to do somewhere between one and 1,000 presentations before someone's going to pay you a fuckload of money, maybe more. What's the consistency in the pe- the people that you've seen come to you that have said, I want to do this, and you've shot them a few questions and have actually gone and done it? What is the consistent thing behind it? What do you mean? Uh, so, like, what, what's their motivation? Yeah, because I think. Well, what are the answers to well, those I, questions? I feel yeah. like okay. So I feel like people, and and again, you know, like I'm I'm not blunt because I want to be blunt. I'm blunt because I don't want people to waste their time, right? So if you want to lose weight and you're ready to do the work, cool, I'll help. Otherwise, fuck off, right? I, I, it's just a pointless conversation. If you want to. If you genuinely want to uh, become a speaker um, or or whatever it is, you need to be genuinely ready to do the work, roll up the sleeves, persevere, have a process, have accountability, have structure, get uncomfortable, keep getting uncomfortable, be resilient, deal with peaks, deal with troughs, and then stick your head up in a year and go, how am I going? Because you might be there, you might be 5% there, you might be nowhere. Um and that's just the idea of things is way more comfortable and sexy than the practical reality of the process. So, you know, an idea requires no sacrifice or discipline. An intention requires no sweat or energy. But to to take that thing out of your head from that theoretical construct into a living, breathing organism is just work, right? And people don't want to do the work. This is the common... If you said to me, what's the thing that gets in 
you know, if there's one thing that most gets in people's way in terms of stopping them, fulfilling their potential, reaching their goal, living their purpose, whatever fluffy label you want, in other words, succeeding, whatever that means to them, it's the fact that they won't do the hard work consistently. They won't get uncomfortable. Have you ever done the hard work on something only to discover that you were doing it for a reason outside of those core values? So say mm. as a coach, mm. there's a lot of things that coaches do. They might they might be speaking, they might be doing workshops, they might have a podcast. Have you ever been in, in the middle of a stage and going, actually, I've done this to follow the coach narrative versus Definitely. the thing that I want to do? 100% I've done that. And I did that in business after a while with my gyms. And I won't re rebore the audience with the story, but I woke up one day, had five different businesses and was living in a version of what people thought Craig Harper should do, which is nobody's fault except mine. But I was living the entrepreneurial, right, let's open another gym, let's open another gym, let's get more staff, let's build a bigger brand. And nothing wrong with that if you're that person, but I'm not really an entrepreneur. I don't love that. What mm. I love is this. What I love is teaching and coaching coaching and writing and talking and connecting and laughing my ass off and having fun yeah. and having one or two people who work with me, not a hundred. Um, and the other thing, and, and so then I was following the, how do I make money model? How do I build a brand and business model? Um, and, and I think the I think the disconnect comes often in the fact that, can I go a little bit deep? Yeah. So we exist and operate in two worlds, physical and non-physical. So physical world is brand, is business, is money, is car, is house, is stuff, is people, is conversations, is traffic lights, is planes, is, you know, is is life. It's all the external. It's it's this table. It's that chair. It's the lights. It's the temperature. It's all that. But where we live, where we live is in our emotions and thoughts, right? So ideas, thinking, beliefs, expectation, faith, truth, values, alignment, all of that. And so I was very much living and and focusing on all things external. Mm. How much? How big can my muscles be? How how many fucking cars can I have? How many gyms? What do people think of me? What is my brand? What's my profile? Um, you know, what are people saying? Uh, what does this look like? Um, and 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 that was because I was an insecure fuck who didn't deal with my stuff. And one of the challenges I think for men, for for people in general, but more for men, because I think women are more emotionally evolved uh, in general with this kind of conversation and recognition and awareness and uh, stepping up, is that I, I needed to get to a point where I went, all right, well, I'm good at, at playing this role um, and building this yeah, I, I know I can go and build another business and brand, but it's not my thing. It's not my passion. I'm not bad at it, but I don't love it, you know. Um, and so I needed to go, well, when I step away from what people think I should do or what is the standard or what is the norm and I, I stop conforming and I start to, um, you know, be still, what, what actually do I want me to look like and my life to look like and my situation and what matters? Like what are my values really? Like are my values money and brand? Is that mm. my values? Because that's what it looks like right now. If you followed me around in my 20s and early 30s, you'd go, and I wasn't a bad human. I was a decent dude. But like, you know, if, if most of your thinking is around your business, then your focus is only on your business. Your energy is only on your business and brand. Then you are only on your business and brand. 
right? Which means there's no spiritual development, there's no emotional development, there's no emotional maturity, there's no self-awareness, there's no situational awareness, there's very little empathy for others, there's very little patience and kindness because you're just this cyborg that's trying to do this thing. And so for me, where I literally um, one day went, no, I don't want to do this. And it's not bad or terrible. It's just not my thing. And and so part of, you know, part of my message when I'm working with people is trying to help people understand that success is totally personal, you know. Like some people to sit in a studio like now and do a, this, a, a podcast and talk into microphones would be terrifying. It's the opposite of, opposite mm. of success. Mm. But for us who are all fucking curious dudes and we're sitting and we like hanging out and we like – like right now, I'm having a good time. Why? Because mm-hmm. I like you guys and mm-hmm. I like this. I like to have these provocative and philosophical and thought-provoking conversations because sometimes it opens a door for us and other times it opens a door for the listener to go, yeah, that's actually because – and shut me up in one second. But mm-hmm. I believe that the vast majority, majority of us and me for half my life at least, we live unconsciously. We, we inhabit this – cognitive, emotional, sociological, behavioural operating system, which is really just a version of yesterday. We do, you know, what you did yesterday, was it like awesome? Did it, you know, not really. Okay, but you're doing that again today, right? Well, yeah, and I did it last week, last month, last year. So by the time you are 35 years old, um, 95% of who you are cognitively and emotionally and behaviourally is pretty much set right? And we have every day, give or take 70,000 thoughts. And of those 70,000 thoughts, 90% of them are the same thoughts we had yesterday, right? Cheesecake. And cheesecake, <laughs> pretty much. Well, that's 92% of my thinking. How do I get well, cheesecake? You're talking about the internal voice. Mm. And so if we just see it as an external voice being the loud stuff that where you know, the world's trying to pull us, and the internal voice being maybe our own values, what we what we actually feel, there is an awareness in or having a loud enough internal voice to recognize it. How do people who might not have the confidence to listen to if that internal voice is is quiet, is there a is there a system to be able to actually turn down the external voice or I guess the other risk is that you can confuse the external and the internal voice. So because the external voice is really loud and it's like, you know, look at this car, look at all this stuff. All of a sudden you think, oh, that is my internal voice. This is what I want. Mm. How do you identify when the external voice is actually tricking us into thinking it's our own thoughts? Mm. So most things that come from fear or insecurity or ego will be focused on physical stuff things Mm. um now i'll come back to that in a moment uh but but and this will sound a bit deep and you know we might all hug it out after this but i believe that all the good internal stuff comes from a platform of love you know and and that doesn't necessarily mean huggy touchy feely but just love just service just generosity i know the the more i the more I come from a place of love and service and, um, and, and of course there's got to be, you know, uh, parameters, I guess, like you can't just become a doormat. I'm still mm. intelligent and I still have awareness about who might use or abuse me, but the, the better person I am, 
So I think the challenge is, and it's not to say it almost sounds here like we're anti-business or money. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I get paid shitloads to do my corporate speaking mm-hmm. and all of those things. And I, I don't mean that to sound silly, but I do. So do all high-level speakers get paid way too much money. But if NAB want to pay me that or Telstra or whoever, cool, okay, thanks. Um, but again, for me, money's just a thing. It's a resource. And um, and obviously if someone says, Craig, we'll pay you X or 3X, what's your choice? Fucking give me 3X. Thanks. I'm not yeah. a dummy. But I don't confuse money or things or brand or external kind of uh, stuff with who I am, right? So I think it's trying to manage your external world like you guys right now, building a business, building company, building an organisation, brand, credibility, and you want all of that, right? Um, And that's all good and healthy. And then the next part of that is in the middle of all of the stuff that you are not, which is everything external, to manage you so that you're a good dad, you're a good Mm. bloke, you're a good husband, you're a good son, you're a good human. Because when you live your values, there is way less anxiety and overthinking. There is way more calm or as the Buddhists call it, equanimity, which is the calm in the chaos, you know. Mm. TJ, we were talking all about values the other day and it's like talking about values when you just started a business, I think that felt like a bit of a luxury. Like Mm. it was like this is – getting onto a bit of a wank fest. That's like hilarious. We're, we're, and, and Let's make money. We'll yeah, figure out the fucking uh, values yeah, later. Exactly. <laughs> no, you, Josh was talking to a client this morning and said, we spent, we spent the first few days not looking at how we can make money for the business, but looking at what our values are for the business. And I thought that was great. Yeah, and what it, what it actually, and it's a luxury to, to have, to have that. But what it means is what the, what having those values did was turned up our internal voice Mm. it said okay because say within a business if it's all about lead generation Mm. or you know bringing in we're going to have you know forty thousand dollars a month of revenue that's what we want to bring in you can make forty thousand dollars a lot of different ways yeah and so it was trying to say okay well if we do the values first if we know that we can make money a hundred different ways Mm. then we need some form of system of being Mm. able to say yes or no because otherwise it's just going to be yes and it's like oh we uh, we do wedding videos because that's Mm. that's what people came to us Mm. and said and so the um it's the hard bit is it is a it is a luxury and i feel for i even know when i was younger when the pressure really is on financially and you're in a corner and you feel like the only th- the biggest problem is being able to make some money so you can do that thing mm. i think that's that's where it's also really challenging it's real challenging at your stage of uh, development with your company because mm. all you know the 55 year old over here yeah. Oh, well, back in my day, you know, the philosophy of it all is it makes sense. But, yeah, that's good harps, but I've got $7 in the bank, you (laughs) fuckwit, and I've got to feed my kids. Yeah. You know, so I get that. And it's it's, but I think the thing is when you go what are our values, what what are we about as two blokes, what are we about as a team, Um, you know, the people that work with you, what are we about culturally and uh, in in terms of values as an organisation, because people don't have a relationship with your company. They have a relationship with you because you're dealing with egos, attitudes, personalities, humans, right? Um, so a really practical example of this is uh, 20 years ago, I I met a dude who sold me a car and he was the least salesy guy ever. He was just a funny bloke, good dude, 
Like, I don't know if he did, but he seemed not to care if he sold me a car or not. He's a unicorn because they don't He's exist. He's a unicorn. He's an automotive <laughs> unicorn, right? Um, the car ben, even blue rainbow-coloured smoke out the Ben's back. He, ben is his name, right? Um, I, bought, uh, I bought a car from him and he basically said to me, get the best deal you can get and then ring me up. And he goes, and if I can do better than that, we'll get it. If not, get it somewhere else. It's all good. doesn't matter. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. And and if I said I can get it there, he'd go, go there. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm like, oh, all right. So I bought this car from him. Then I bought a car for my mum from him. Then I bought another car from him. Um, by the way, people listening, sorry, I'm an idiot with cars. Yeah, he loves <laughs> his I, toys. But I've brought, um, purchased from this dude mm, probably 12 cars from the one guy. <laughs> Was right? he the cheapest? Yep. Yeah. And his customers – I bought a. Um, this is hilarious. This is this is how laid back do, this dude is. Yeah. I bought a. Um, I bought a Land Cruiser, brand new Land Cruiser from him, and I ring him up. He was based an hour away from me. I ring him up. I go, mate. I want this is what I want. I want a GXL. Blah 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 blah. And he goes, oh cool. Um, I go and I didn't tell him any other um, uh, quotes that I've been given, and I said, what can you do on that? And he goes, hang on. He goes. Uh, he goes, let me ring you back, rings me back, and he goes, all right, I can do it for this. And he goes, I'll tell you right now, there's 600 bucks in it for me, as in that's what he'll make on a seventy dollars or $80,000 car or whatever, right? And I believed him because it was about seven grand cheaper than everybody else. And I go, cool, so what do I need to do? He goes, well, when do you want it? I go, whenever. He goes, all right. He goes, I'll ring you back tomorrow. He rings me tomorrow. And he goes... <laughs> Uh, it'll be there, I don't know, whatever, two days later. So they send the car on a truck, a brand new $70,000, $80,000 car, I can't remember. They bring the car over. I sign some stuff. I ring him and I go, mate, the car's here. I haven't given you any money. I haven't paid a deposit. I've got my car. He goes, oh, yeah, no, that's all right. He goes, you're not going anywhere. I go, all right. I go, what do you want me to do? He goes, um, look, mate, I'm with someone. I'll get back to you. I'm like, all right. Oh, thanks. Didn't hear from him. Didn't ring me for like two weeks. And I ring him. His name's Ben. I go, Benny boy, this car is great. He goes, oh, mate, I'm glad. I'm glad. I like looking after you. I go, anything else, mate? He goes, something wrong? I go, do you want any money? He's like, didn't I charge you? I'm like, you're the worst salesman ever. But, I love but because you. he was so, I wanted that yeah. because I felt like, whether or not – no, I felt like he gave a fuck and he wasn't – so when someone goes, oh, I just want to help you, I go, no, you don't. You want to sell a product. Yeah. So that's okay you want to sell a product, but don't pretend you care about my welfare. But when you go to a company like with you guys who are emotionally intelligent, pretty aware, and you go, yeah, of course we're going to charge you, of course we're going to make some money, that's what we do, mm. but we're also good humans and we want to build a relationship with you and we want you to be happy and we want you to love what you get then you'll be in the 5%. And with 95% do not do that for real. And so is there a risk in doing what Ben's doing and just being a bad business person? How do you how do you balance nah, he business? It. Well, cuz yeah, it's it's playing a different game. Mm. It's saying like I am going to be giving you a great price, great service and then it becomes a volume game cuz more rather than trying to squeeze every dollar out of 
every sale. It's saying yeah. I'm going to be so good that everyone's going to come to me. And rather than doing three cars, I don't know how many fucking yeah. cars people sell, yeah. but rather than doing three yeah. cars a day, yeah. it's yeah. like he's doing 20. Mm. But uh, see, a big part of it is like for me, when I say to people, if all you ever do is read my whiteboard messages and follow me and get some inspiration and like I get emails every day from people who go, thank you so much, like you helped me change my life. Now I don't take any credit because they did the work. But every day, multiple, like sometimes 10 emails a day from people who I'll never meet, they've never bought a book, but they just follow my stuff and use my mm. stuff. Um, and because I, I never sell anything. The worst I'll do is once every 30 or 40 or 50 posts, I might go, ah, I've got a workshop coming up. If you want to come, cool. If you don't, cool. It's all good. I hate selling shit. But I know that I've got enough momentum and enough people who kind of resonate with me that there'll be people there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd rather have 300 people there that really want to be there than 1,000 people that I've smashed over the head <laughs> and twisted their arm. You know, I, I don't need it that much. Yeah. The- the company that doesn't have written out values that they live by has a set of values based on their actions. Yes. So it's like a company I worked with once were like their payment terms were 14 days from the day they get paid from the person that paid them, which for me is someone that I came to them. They're a middle man. Yeah. It, I, I see that as a reflection yeah. on their business. Yeah. Which yeah. doesn't, they're not, they're not looking after me. Yeah. They're so looking the, after them just in case the client course, doesn't pay that. So what happens to me if they don't get paid? Yeah, of course. And so there's this – I feel like that speaks volumes of a value that they haven't even identified or maybe they don't want to be yeah. the person that is, comes across like but that. I but I think they don't think like you. They don't yeah. have that awareness. So I, irrespective of the, the product, I'm more inclined to just go with the people or the organisation that I like <laughs> because you think about this and, I mean, Seth talks about this. People buy largely on emotion. I mm. mean, we we buy shit we don't actually need all the time. Like if we're talking about needs-based decision-making, mm-hmm. 80% of the stuff I buy I don't need. I don't need to live or survive. I just buy shit because I have some money and fucking that's a pretty colour, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, and absolutely. so, you know, that, that we, we overrate ourselves in terms of we're not that intellectual or discerning when we buy. We're more emotional. We're more in the moment. And we're, that's why we're so easily manipulated at times. We do dumb shit. And the thing that the values do is it actually, it calls out that shit all the time. Like even just the time that, uh, the way that Tommy and I came up with the values mm. is we th- we thought about all the arguments that we've had, any disagreements, and mm. then we'll test it against the values. And it's mm. like at the end of this, could we come up with a solution? Would we feel better about it through these you know value filters? So it's like the small things matter, one of our values. We can pull all these things. So if we don't get back to a client, if, if one of us drops a ball and doesn't get back to a client or yeah. doesn't follow up – we can then look at the value rather than if I did that Tommy blowing up and being like, mate, you don't give a fuck about any of this. Mm. All he has to say is small things matter mm. and it's something that we've both agreed upon. Mm. And then I can then realise that's something that Tommy cares about and I can see how that is associated with this value. Yeah. I hadn't maybe connected it. Yeah. And so then we're slowly through this process of trial and error through the filter of values. Yeah. Celebrate others is one of our values. So when we start to fall into the 
habit of being insecure creatives and being like, you know, that fucking guy, did you see that bit of work? It's yeah. reframing it yeah. in being like, actually, we're doing the thing that we know inevitably happens when people do great work. Mm. And what if we were to reframe that, mm. we're not only reframing how we see the world, mm. but maybe we give ourselves a break too. So mm. when we are feeling insecure about our work, we can be like, of course, give that celebration to us. Perfect. And another thing is, wow, they did a great job. What can I learn? Yeah. Mm. What exactly. can I learn? Better question. And also the moment that you start to focus on things that are external to you and out of your control and then worse, obsess about that, focus on that, put your energy in that, then you're not putting your energy in your own stuff. Exactly. You know, and I think the challenge for you guys, as is for any um, business partnership, is to like this would be my advice as you start this journey together for what it's worth. And I've had numerous business partners. They say what the fastest ship to sink is a partnership. Yeah, you genuinely, <laughs> and this sounds like people will be, well, yeah, no shit, Craig, but trust me, people don't do this. Yeah. You need to genuinely want each other to succeed, each yeah, other. Yeah. You need to genuinely and go, we're going to have days where I think you're a fuckstick. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, Let's sort it out mm. because you will 100% annoy each other because you're human um, and you'll 100% get frustrated with each other but you need to talk about it and come back to home base and you can't, you know, there's no selfish person that's happy. And in business, you meet a lot of business partners who are, of course, Tommy's priority will always be Tommy and your priority, Josh, will always be you. But that's not a bad thing. But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of space for caring about each other and wanting each other to do well. Now, his priority being him is not selfish. That's just how we're wired. And his priority is him and his family. Yours is yours and your family. And that's, you know, but that again, that's not to the exclusion of loving each other, caring for each other, wanting each other to learn and grow and evolve and succeed. Um, and, you know, like I've, I've coached people who in some areas of their development have surpassed me. I'm so fucking proud of them. Yeah. Like they're doing shit I've never done. I'm like, oh, like talking to Seth Godin. Fuck, <laughs> on. Hashtag no resentment. <laughs> No, I think it makes so much sense. And that's what we're constantly thinking about is shining the spotlight. Every single time we've gone from a selfish stage of like, am I getting enough time of talking here? Or like it is destructive. And as soon as we put the spotlight on each other, it is, all of a sudden it, it, it shines back in a mm. much nicer, it's a much nicer light coming back than trying to fucking put a torch onto yourself. Yeah, and and people see it. Like yeah. when, when you're trying to pump yourself it's up. Stinky. It's stinky. And so the, fu stinky. the funny thing is the irony of coming from a place of ego is that you create the opposite yeah. um, result to what you want, which is you want people to be impressed. They're actually less impressed. And you should have said nothing. They would have been more impressed. Yeah. The Daily Talk Show, Craig Harper, you have your own podcast, The You Project. And I listen to – I'm not good with um, – Names that that uh that basketball that real fucking Chris tall, yeah that real fucking yeah. tall basketball yeah. wow yeah. <laughs> you, you're like something of a sports guru yeah. or yeah. Yeah. Very, very close one, I think Chris that, that was a great episode um yeah. I was on the plane listening to that and just hearing because he went to the US and yeah. did that whole thing NBA um yeah. and so have a listen if if you don't just listen for craig's wisdom the people that you actually get onto and the conversations you're having mm. are super unique so it's mm. definitely 
worth listening to that. I just looked at the time and I, I was annoyed because I wanted to keep going. It's 47 but minutes in. We've put Harps. time restrictions on this. Yeah, and I but need to win. You'll be back. Yeah, exactly. Super hungry. And yeah, I'm <laughs> so bored with you too. <laughs> Friend of the show, Craig Harper. Hi at the Daily Talk Show.com if you want to send us an email. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. See you guys.